Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of Limitless Health, your go-to podcast for holistic and natural health solutions. I'm your host, Kate McDowell, and today we have a special guest who is not only a holistic nurse practitioner, but also a devoted mom with a passion for helping families discover natural health options. Our guest specializes in assisting children who are struggling with things like speech delay, and sensory issues from vaccine injury. After having a similar experience with her own son when he was only five months old, Alyssa set out to help other parents with natural options. We'll be diving deep into this crucial topic today. Without further ado, please join me in welcoming our guest, Alyssa Siegel. We believe in growth and continuous learning. We believe in educating and sharing knowledge. We believe the body is miraculous and is able to heal with the proper nutrition and support. And we believe the right mindset is key to your success. I'm Amanda Golightly. And I'm Kate McDowell. And this is Limitless Health. Live well, naturally. Thank you so much for joining me today, Alyssa. Would you share with me a bit about your background and what inspired you to become a holistic nurse practitioner? Yeah, sure, absolutely. So my name is Alyssa and I am a holistic nurse practitioner, like Kate said, and I, um, I worked in the medical field for 10 plus years and I actually had, um, I had a son and he was doing really great. And then he had a vaccine injury at five months old. And that sort of started me on the whole holistic journey. And it definitely was not planned that way. But as I always say, our children push us in the direction that we need to be in. So after that situation, I have yet to return back to Western medicine. And now I help families heal themselves naturally from all different types of diseases, like autoimmune diseases, kids with sensory issues, speech delays, developmental delays, ADHD and that type of that type of stuff. It's so interesting because a lot of the people that we talk to and then myself as well, there's often a story like that. There's a reason why you got into the holistic route. And it's so interesting to hear the different stories because like you said, it's kind of what pushes you forward and makes you realize that I need to look for other options because the things that I grew up thinking was the only way to go isn't giving me the solutions and the results that I want. No, absolutely. And I totally agree with that. Growing up, we think like the doctors have all the answers, they know everything. And you just have trust in the doctor, like you just have faith. And the whole situation with my son, the doctors had no answers for me. Their only, only option they had was that he will grow out of it. And I was like, Mm -hmm. that's not an acceptable answer to me. And I started to really struggle with my own health because he was up all night, he was screaming, he was in pain, and it was stressful on me. So I needed to, I know I needed to find a solution to help him. And I knew in my gut that there was a solution to, you know, how we can help him. Yeah. And I love that you're sharing that because I think there's, well, I know that there are so many parents that end up in that situation. And it's such a, a generational thing in a sense where a lot of us growing up, like if there was something wrong with you, the doctor was the solution. 
is what I thought when I was younger. And like, I went through my own battle with MS and it was similar. I thought this is the only option that I have. And I'm not a parent, so I can't even imagine, but I've worked with lots of clients who have children and they end up in that position where it's like, all of a sudden the doctor doesn't have an answer for you. And what do you do? So that's why I was really excited to do this episode with you because this is something that especially now after what's happened over the last three years and even beyond, but the last three years is kind of waken us up to have our own awareness and realize that we need to dig deeper sometimes and figure out what else can I do? And that's where holistic is so powerful. Many of the listeners may not be familiar with the term vaccine injury. Can you provide a bit more of an explanation on what this means and why it may be a concern? Yeah, for sure. So there's no specific definition of vaccine injury. It may affect people in different ways, Mm -hmm. but in general, I'll kind of go over what happened with my son. So at five months old, he had one of his routine vaccines and I spaced them out. He never had more than one at a time. He never had those multi-dose vials. And I know that's a concern with a lot of parents. Like they're like, well, we spaced out his vaccines. He never got them, you know, all at the same time, never the multi-dose. And in my personal and my professional opinion, I feel like that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you space them out the toxins are in there for, and the toxins are in there, right? So mm-hmm. whether you get four at a time or one at a time spaced out over, you know, three years, it's still the toxic load in them that affects the body. So, you know, some things I see commonly in my practice with vaccine injuries are, you know, delays in speech, right? Or yeah. sometimes they will go back, right? They they will start talking and then they have a regression in speech. So that's a common thing that I see post um, vaccine, especially at like that 12, mar- 12 month mark where they're, you know, talking, they're doing really well. And then they have a regression in speech. So a lot of parents come to me and they do say that they have experienced that. Um, and I feel like it's really important in that, you know, 12 months to two years, even three years range to really, to work on helping these children because they will have the most benefit because their bodies are, you know, changing so quickly and we can really see huge changes in this age group. So, I mean, definitely we can help children that are older, but it does take a little bit longer for these children and, um, yeah. So that 12 months, even before 12 months to around three years, I see is a really critical time to help these children to improve their health, improve their brain function, because a lot of it has to do with the um, function of the brain. Um, so that that's just like some of the things I see with vaccine injury. Um, for my son specifically, he had severe D- GI distress, like gut pain, he started developing severe food sensitivities that just started out of nowhere. And um, he was able to eat two foods and it was really stressful on me because when your child can only eat two foods and then trying to breastfeed that child. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is another thing that I see food sensitivities, even food allergies, we can link back to vaccines like egg allergies, peanut allergies, 
Um, those are common ones I see as well. And just overall low immune system function. So a child can get sick every month, every few weeks, no matter, you know, all the vitamins you're giving them, they are just constantly sick, constant runny nose, fevers all the time. Also, I see that seizures actually can be caused by a vaccine injury as well. So interesting. And it's, it's like the things that happen out of nowhere as a parent, you know, that's something that I've heard in the past as well. And it's never the vaccine that's considered, but we need to start having awareness around this. And I think people are more so now, which is good, but it's realizing that there's always things you can do. And when you said as well about kids bounce back quickly, that's definitely something we've seen in practice in all aspects is that anytime you're trying to support a kid's body with supplements or with nutrients, they recover more quickly than, you know, a 40 year old, 50 year old, six year old, they've had less toxic exposure over their life, but they're also very heavily impacted by the toxic, toxic exposure as well. What holistic methods or therapies do you find are the most effective in supporting these kids and their parents? What I find to be the most beneficial is number one diet. So cutting out on food dyes, you know, decreasing sugar in the diet and also like grains. So that's like wheat, oats, rice, corn, which uh, in my personal uh, experience with my, you know, my child and my child's friends, I see that most children's diets consist of those foods, you know, they're eating a lot of junk food, you know, they want breads, they want pastas, they want pizza. So those really do affect the child's health, the child's behavior. Absolutely. So that would be number one is diet. And then number two is what we do at our practice. And I believe Kate does this as well is muscle testing. So what we do, we, uh, we use muscle testing in our practice, and this helps us to address the root cause of what is going on in the body. So for kids with vaccine injuries, we see, you know, heavy metal exposure, toxic chemicals like pesticides. We also see parasites can be at play for some of these children. And mold is another thing that we commonly see, as well as Lyme disease. So through our muscle testing, we can address what is going on in the body and how what specific supplements the body needs to get it out. So that is what we utilize at our practice. And um, yeah, it works really amazing. I have seen amazing results with kids, um, you know, with ADHD and, you know, even kids with special needs. I have some children who have like uh, developmental delays or even genetic diseases mm -hmm. that through this have improved greatly their quality of life. Like I had one patient who he couldn't even swallow. He was on a tube feeding wow. and by addressing the toxins in his body and increasing the energy of his body, he started to be able to eat food again and they were able to take out the feeding tube. So just things like that is just amazing to me. And when I worked in the Western medicine world, I would never see results like that because that was just like unheard of. And so, yeah, I just feel so grateful to be able to help families in this capacity. Yeah. And it is amazing. And something that I heard from a practitioner that I think we both know, but I don't remember who it was, 
was that like the body is always trying to heal itself. And this is the same for kids as well. And if the body is not able to heal, we need to figure out why. And that's where Western medicine is just like, oh, what can we give you to make the symptoms less of a problem for you? But it's not addressing the root cause. That's what I love about nutrition response testing. And I mean, that's how Alyssa and I met and connected in the first place. But it's it's so amazing to be able to find out what's the root cause. And that's typically the question is either what's getting in the way of the body being able to heal or what's missing. I mean, you can address those things and help the body either if it's heavy metals, if it's mold, if it's something that's getting in the way, or if there's a nutrient that's missing or um, healthy fats or extra water, like what does the body need to function properly? It's always going to try and get you better. And that's not as a society what we're led to believe, but there's so many things you can do when you give the, the body the support it needs. Could you share a success story? I know you've talked about your son a bit, but from your practice where you helped a vaccine injured child and they made significant progress? Yeah, absolutely. I have many, many success stories with toddlers and mm -hmm. their speech. Speech is really a big, big issue these days. And parents are just doing constant speech therapy and speech therapy is amazing. I'm not saying that anything is wrong with speech therapy, but if we're not helping the brain to function properly, then you can do speech therapy for years and you're not going to see the results that you want. So I have many, many patients who have gone from maybe speaking two to three words to now speaking sentences, having more confidence in their speech. And these kids are older. So it's not like they're, you know, 12 month olds, these kids are three, four years old. And it's just amazing to see also, you know, improvement of their concentration and being able to focus on the task at hand. Because I know that can be really frustrating for parents and also for the children, you know, I do see toddlers getting frustrated, if they can't, you know, speak what they what they want. And it it kind of does become frustrating for both parties. So it really does ease frustration and it just helps the overall family. So um, I find that, you know, the mom has, you know, feels less stress in her body because her child can speak and, and explain what they want and less fighting with the parents because the kid's not constantly in therapy or, you know, having tantrums and things like that, because I know tantrums are a common thing for toddlers, but it's definitely not normal. And that is a sign that there is toxicity in the body and that we need to help that. Definitely. And I mean, things are so, we're so busy these days too, right? And as parents, it's, it's like, why is my child acting this way? Why is the teacher calling home and saying that there's problems? And it's, it's a, not a problem with your child. That's the school system is a whole different conversation, but it's figuring out what is causing your, your child to act the way that they're acting. It's not necessarily that they're just trying to be a little brat. If there's something not functioning properly in their body, they're not going to be able to behave like themselves, act like themselves, feel like themselves, which is going to cause problems in your life and their life as well. Right. You see this with the, like the teenage population. Mm -hmm. 
they got, you know, I have some teenagers that come and the parents are just so fed up with their behavior. They're not listening. They're just sitting in their room. All they want to do is, you know, be on their cell phone, eat, you know, fast food, garbage food. And I have seen amazing changes in this population by just getting the toxicity out of the body. And then they're more, you know, they're calm. They're not as, you know, argumentative with their parents. They're eating more whole foods. And um, yeah, so it's not only just the, you know, the toddler population, but I see this a lot with the older, you know, teenagers, the ones in high school. And it is really life changing for the family because this, you know, the attitude of a teenager can just like bring down the whole family unit. So, um, so yeah, it's not only toddlers and, you know, vaccine injuries can affect any age, right? It doesn't have to be a toddler. And I've seen certain vaccines for girls, such as POTS, which is postural orthostatic tachycardio syndrome, which I see this actually occurring a lot in teenage uh, girls. It's so interesting. And it's something, like I said, that we often don't consider. So what advice would you give to parents, especially if they're on the fence about what to do with their child in terms of vaccines? My recommendation would be to look up the vaccines and see the ingredients in them right so see is there formaldehyde in it you know aluminum and you can go on the cdc's website and they actually have different um you know you could look up and see the ingredients in every single vaccine so you can make a better informed decision and then just looking at them and weighing the benefit versus the risk certain um, vaccines such as, you know, hepatitis B giving to an infant. So hepatitis B, if you don't know what that is, that is a disorder, a disease that people who can get if they do drugs or, you know, things like that. So that just questioning, like, why do I give this to my infant? Are they doing drugs? Are they being exposed to someone with that disease? So just you know, doing more research on each vaccine and just weighing the benefit versus the risk. And then also asking your doctor for the inserts of the vaccines, because that will say, you know, the risks of it, you know, potential complications that will also show the ingredients. So ask your pediatrician for the ingredients list, the insert, and that will give you a lot more information about it. It's important to be informed. I think that's the biggest lesson the last three years have taught most of us, although not all of us, um, but you need to start paying attention and saying, okay, is this the right solution for me? And sometimes maybe yes, but you need to realize what you're giving to your child, what you're signing up, like what foods would you allow your child to eat or look at it and see, oh, there's formaldehyde in this. I'm not going to let my child eat that, but then it's being injected into their body. So that's just my caveat there, but, um, okay. We already talked about nutrition a bit, but when working with vaccine injured children, that's something that I hear often from parents where it's like, oh, they want me to change my child's diet. And that's a scary situation, or it can be a scary situation. If your child's dealing with a lot of stuff, if you're having temper tantrums all the time and they're having like mental breakdowns, what are some 
suggestions or tips that you can give for families when it comes to nutrition and what role it plays in their child's recovery? Yeah. So nutrition is really a big part of healing. Absolutely. But we also understand that children are toddlers and sometimes they're already picky eaters as it is. So they may be eating only four foods. And so I do think that you need to kind of weigh out how we can work on their diet. And I definitely am not the type of practitioner that says you need to cut out all gluten and all dairy because I don't think that that is like a, a po- like, I mean, it, obviously if you cut it out, it's going to have a positive effect, but we have to be more realistic with a toddler and me having a toddler. I understand that. I don't think that's really realistic for most parents. So I always would recommend maybe swapping out for something that's a little bit healthier. And I always post this on my Instagram account. I do use this, not that videos. And I love it because it does give parents a healthier option. So, you know, say your children wants pizza rolls. So instead of Totino's, maybe get something like Snow Days. I think Snow Days, that's the name, uh, which is grain-free and it's made with organic ingredients. So just making little swaps like that, I feel like will definitely help to bring the toxic load down for the child, but without compromising them, you know, they don't have to eat all vegetables, you know, cause I feel like that's not really realistic for most children and most parents. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's usually where I start is just trying to make healthier swaps, cutting out food dyes and, you know, artificial ingredients, which there's so many products on the market now that are healthier options that don't have those bad ingredients in them. Yeah. I love that recommendation. And it's so true to say to someone like, okay, your kid wants pizza, um, get them to eat carrots instead, like good luck. But if you can give them a healthier option, it's still pizza, but they're getting a healthier version of it because yeah, you know, seed oils and the dyes, the food dyes have a really big impact on brain function, especially for children. So that's a really great suggestion. And that's a recommendation that I'm going to make later, but I'm glad you brought it up now as well. If you're not following Alyssa on Facebook or Instagram, sorry, she does a ton of this versus that videos, which are amazing. Um, Great suggestions and tips in terms of food, in terms of, oh, my kid has a fever. This is the solution that most people recommend. Well, here's a better alternative that's going to be healthier and safer for them. Um, so you mentioned about your mom of a toddler as a mom yourself, how do you balance your work as a holistic nurse practitioner with the responsibilities of raising a toddler? So this is a funny question. This is something that I struggle with in the last few years. I also am a single mom. So not only am I a a business owner, practitioner and have a toddler, but I am a single mom and I have struggled with this. This has definitely been one of my um, my areas that I'm not the best in. So I'll admit that. But I do think there needs to be, you know, support. So reaching out to, you know, whether it's family members to help support, watch your child so that you can, you know, do what you want, you know, what you have to do. And then also my child goes to school five days a week now. So that has been really, really helpful um, for myself as well as him, because when we're together all the time and say I get frustrated, it's not good for both of us. So I, mm-hmm. I know me personally, I do need 
that time alone. I need balance to do the things that I love to do as well. And I feel like I am a better parent because of it. So I know that most, a lot of moms do get lost in that motherhood role, which I think motherhood is amazing. And motherhood really, to me, is the hardest job that anyone could have. And, but I do think that being yourself, finding things that you love to do on a regular basis is so important in motherhood. So just really reaching out for support. If you're feeling overwhelmed, you know, just getting help and don't be afraid to ask for help. And I think that is really important. You don't have to be superwoman and you don't have to do everything and have the weight of the world on your shoulders. I think that's an amazing tip. And I mean, Alyssa is a very successful practitioner and runs an amazing business. And there's a lot of other women out there who are also moms, who are also pursuing a demanding career. And it can feel like you have the weight of the world on your shoulders and like you have to do everything and like it's weakness to ask for help. But asking for help is a really big part of that role and it's going to benefit both of you. Like for your child to go to school and to be around other people and to have those different interactions and for you to have the time to focus on yourself, your business, the things you want to achieve in the world, I think it's really important. So I know it was kind of an uncomfortable conversation or question, I guess, um, but it's an important thing for people to hear because, you know, Alyssa's doing it. It's possible. It's doable. And having that knowledge that you can ask for help and it's not weakness is amazing. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. Are there any resources that you would like to share or that you found helpful that could be books or websites that our listeners, listeners can explore if they want to learn more about holistic options? I think a really great resource book-wise would be Nourishing Traditions. And I think this is really great to implement as a, at a really young age, like a six month old. And this is a, a, a book and it has different recipes and tools for nutrient dense food. And I think that implementing that with kids that are first eating food and that's their first experience with food, I think it's so, so important. Um, my son, his first food was actually beef liver and he thinks that it's like a steak. He thinks it's like the best food ever. Me personally, I don't love beef liver. I will eat chicken liver, but I just think it's so important to expose children to different types of food that are nutrient dense at a young age to help prevent picky eating. Cause picky eating is another really big thing that I see associated with these um, you know, like sensory issues, speech delays, vaccine injuries, things like that. Uh, picky eating is a big one. Another book that's a really great resource is a book called Turtles All the Way Down. So this talks more about vaccines. So that's a really great tool that you can use to kind of read up more about it and learn more about the history of vaccines. Amazing. Anything else that you would like to share or that you think our listeners would benefit from before we wrap up? Yeah, so I just think it all really starts with pre-pregnancy and really just getting the body prepped for pregnancy. We plan our weddings for three years and we don't do any planning for pregnancy. 
So I think it's really important to kind of change that and just start working on your health before you even try to get pregnant. And it's not only the mother, but also the the father as well. So just getting the body rid of toxins and, um, you know, parasites, cleaning up your diet, eating more nutrient dense food will just help the child's health for sure. And will help the pregnancy. So you have a better pregnancy. And um, this really just increases the quality of the eggs. And um, yeah, so if I would have detoxed my body before I had my son, he probably wouldn't have had such severe health issues. My body was so toxic before I had him. I had I had multiple vaccines because I did some traveling abroad before I had him. So my body was just so toxic. And if I was to go back, I would have change that. But if you are looking to get pregnant or, you know, having maybe a second child, it's really, really important to work on decreasing your toxic load before you have a baby. Such valuable information. Thank you again, Alyssa, for joining me and sharing your insights. Before we wrap up, could you let our listeners know where they can connect with you and learn more about your work? Yeah, absolutely. So you can follow me on Instagram my Instagram handle is Shore Holistic Nutrition. And um, yeah, I'm also on TikTok, but most of the um, most of my followers love my uh, content on Instagram. <laughs> okay, awesome. Alyssa's links will be in the show notes for this episode as well. Thank you everyone for tuning in to Limitless Health. We hope you found today's episode enlightening. And remember, your health and wellness journey is limitless. We look forward to having you back for more empowering episodes in the future. Don't forget to check out the show notes for all of the links and resources mentioned in this episode. Have a wonderful day and see you on the next one.